And Isaiah 52 and 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Now this verse is often talked about anybody that shares the good news, and and it's good for that, but it is in fact part of prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, nobody ever brought the good news like Jesus did. He came preaching the gospel, the good news. There's never been anybody that did it just like Jesus because I want to tell you, he brought hope to the hopeless. He brought freedom to the captives, healing to the sick. He healed the brokenhearted. This good news that Jesus brought, I'm telling you how beautiful were his feet. I'm going to talk to you tonight about his feet. His feet stepped into the river Jordan to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. His feet stood on the mountain preaching. They walked a thousand miles helping people. The Bible says that he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He didn't break a bruised reed, the Bible says, and yet his feet kicked over the money changers' tables, drove them out of the temple because they tried to turn the father's house into a den of thieves. He walked dusty roads just like everybody else, but his feet also walked on water like nobody else. I'm telling you, his feet, it's amazing where his feet went. They walked up the hill called Golgotha where he knew that he would die for us. It was his feet that were pierced with the nails and in so doing, crushed the head of the serpent and bought our victory. See, his feet, they descended below the earth where he preached to the to the captives there, led captivity captive. His feet walked out of the tomb. His feet walked the road to to Emmaus with the disciples as he shared the, the word with them and opened their eyes. Listen, his feet, one day, they just went up in the air as he ascended up into heaven with the Father. Amazing. His feet, how beautiful are his feet that brought such good news. In this generation, this is a really unusual message to preach. I believe that's why it's needed all the more. Because in the time that we live in, pride is celebrated instead of humility. We need to come to him with humble hearts and find our place at his feet. I'm talking about an attitude of the heart. See, don't get hung up on the, you know, the physical thing here at his feet. I'm talking about the attitude of the heart that we need to come with humble hearts to him. You know, at someone's feet is always a place of humility. Jesus humbled himself as a servant and washed the feet of the disciples He washed the dirt and grime from their feet. And in a sense, of course, he washed all of our feet and much more than that with his precious blood. 
but He is always our example. And you see, when we humble ourselves at His feet, we're humbling ourselves before the Almighty God. We, and when we do that, you see, when we humble ourselves, the Bible says we find grace. He gives grace to the humble. He gives unearned favor and blessing to the humble. Oh, how our generation needs to hear this. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so with humility of heart, we come to his feet. We bow before him. It is a place of surrender to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's a place where we come to submit ourselves to his lordship. It's a place where we come to worship, to worship at his feet. I talked about this story just, oh, I don't know, a month or so ago from Luke chapter 7, so I'm not going to take a long time here. It's a wonderful story of love and worship and forgiveness. A Pharisee asked Jesus to come and eat at his house, and Jesus goes, and while he's there, a woman comes in, and this woman who was known to be a sinner, she knew that Jesus was there, and so she brings this alabaster a box of fragrant oil. And the Bible says that she stood behind his feet weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped them with the hair of her head. She kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. And the Pharisee, he's standing by and he says, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is, that she's a sinner. And I just want to get to this. Jesus, at the end of this, he says, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. This sinful woman, she must have had quite a reputation, but she comes to Jesus in absolute humility to express her love, her adoration, her worship for him, washing his feet with her tears, drying his feet with her hair, anointing his feet with the fragrant oil. I just want to say to you, sometimes we need to wet his feet with our tears. See, she knew how much she was forgiven. I think sometimes we forget. I think sometimes we ought to be broken and wet his feet with our tears when we know that we've blown it, not to just act like it's no big deal because, you know, grace. No, we need to remember what he's done for us, the price that he paid for us. And I think sometimes we need to weep at his feet just like she did. Realize the debt that's been paid. She poured out this expensive oil on his feet. It was an act of worship. She used her hair to dry his feet. A woman's hair is given to her. It's her glory. And you know what? We need to come to the feet of Jesus and lay down all of our glory. Give him all the glory. You know, in this life, 
if we really live right and serve God, hopefully we'll have a crown of righteousness laid up for us. You know why I want a crown of righteousness? So that I can cast it at the feet of Jesus. That's what happens in heaven. But we just need to know this, that it's, it's all for His honor and glory. We need to lay down our pride and give Him all the glory. And then... She kissed his feet. I wonder, did she know she kissed the feet of God? Maybe. Maybe she did. It's the religious people who said, who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, he was. But she kissed the feet of God. Then he says to her, in verse 48 of Luke chapter 7, he says, your sins are forgiven. I want to tell you there's forgiveness found at his feet. She found mercy there. She found a pardon from her past. And I want you to know tonight that at his feet, you can find forgiveness and put the past behind and begin anew with the Lord. At his feet, there's healing. Matthew 15, 30 says, Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. I just want to tell you there's a reason why you see this over and over and over in Scripture. They laid them at his feet, and he healed them. I want to tell you there's a place to bring the sick as to the feet of Jesus where people's bodies are healed, their souls are made whole, their broken hearts are mended. At the feet of Jesus, it's a place of prayer. And we come in humility before the Lord to trust Him, to surrender to Him, to submit our lives to Him. At His feet, we hear Him. Luke chapter 10 I want to read this to you from verse 38 through 42. It happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. I don't really like hearing the stories about how God spoke to me while I was watching cartoons on Saturday morning. Listen, it may happen on occasion, but I want to tell you the truth that most of the time when you really hear from God, it is because you have humbled yourself in His presence. You have quieted yourself. You have ceased from your striving And instead, you are waiting quietly in submission before Him. And we hear His voice and He speaks to us. Mary got, she got to hear what Jesus was saying. How much better? He said it wouldn't be taken away from her. She chose that better part. 
But in the story, we see Martha is worried and troubled about many things. <laughs> I find myself there a whole lot. Do you worry? There's plenty of things to be worried and troubled about, isn't there? That's where Martha was. There's a better place at the feet of Jesus where we just, we just let it all go. We turn it all over to Him at the feet of Jesus where we cease from our striving. We cease from our worry and instead we just focus upon Him. And when you get a word from God, it changes everything. I mean, a word from God can cause you to rise up in faith. A word from God can give you the wisdom in that situation to know exactly what to do. Just one word from God is a game changer. Where do you get that? At his feet. Martha, Martha. Come sit at his feet. Peace. It's a place of rest and peace. It's available to all of us. At His feet we pray. We make our requests known to Him. Mark 5, 22 through 24, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. You ever notice this stuff is in here like this? We read these stories and a lot of times we just don't even notice, but it's in here over and over again. He fell at his feet. And begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him. Now the rest of the story is, is that while they were on the way, the little girl died and then Jesus went and raised her from the dead. But I just want you to understand that at his feet is where the burdens are lifted. At his feet... That's where the battles are won at His feet. That's where we make our petitions known and we have an answer. I want to say to you, we're talking about physically how you pray. Certainly you can pray standing up. You can pray walking. You can pray laying on your face, however you want to pray. I just, I'm going to get this in here though. And it's not just because I'm old. I'm telling you, it, it, I've always believed this way and I'm not saying that you, you have to kneel when you pray. I certainly don't think that. I walk when I pray. I pray, I pray while I'm driving. Anybody else? Yeah, I mean, there's, you, you know, that's not the important thing. But sometimes I do think it's a good thing to get on your knees, listen to me, just as an outward expression of the humility of your heart that you bow yourself before Him. You know, the, the important thing is the attitude of the heart, the humility of the heart. But sometimes we just need to express that also in, in the way that we pray. I've heard some in our generation pull a few verses out of context and they say they can command God. I think it's very offensive. But I just want to say I am perfectly happy and at peace to come and to humble myself before the Almighty 
who loves me and who is always good and to present my needs to him in, with thanksgiving and to trust him that I can get up from prayer with a peace that passes understanding. That's available to every one of us at his feet. It's a place we can give him thanks. When Jesus cleansed 10 lepers, there was only one that returned to give thanks. In Luke 17 and 15, it says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. This man healed of leprosy. It was such a, an awesome deliverance. He had lost not only his health, but his family, his friends, his livelihood, his social life. He was even an outcast from the temple. I mean, well, this guy was a Samaritan. He was an outcast twice over, wasn't he? But I'm just telling you that it was an amazing thing that this man's life was restored when he's healed of leprosy. And so it was appropriate and it was right for him to come and throw himself at Jesus' feet and give him thanks. I had a, a hard month or two, just lots of battles. And I, um, you know, was tempted to feel sorry for myself. And last week, it just all came into perspective for me. My wife, is, you know, of course, most of you know, she had had cancer under her arm and so her arm had been going to sleep a lot at night and hurting during the day. And uh, so she went and had an MRI and uh, there's no cancer. And I just tell you, I fell at his feet in Thanksgiving and and all of a sudden, all that other stuff doesn't even matter. My wife doesn't have cancer. Now, some of you, 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 you see, yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But you know what? You see, whether you had cancer in the past or not, you ought to be thankful. Yeah, we have so much to give him thanks for. We, we ought to be like this Samaritan every day that we just overflow with thanksgiving for our Lord at his feet. At his feet, there's freedom for those who are bound. There's restoration for the broken. In Luke chapter 8, there's a story with Jesus. He goes to the country of the Gadarenes, uh, and when he steps out on the land, he's met by this crazy guy. Uh, this guy had demons for a long time. The Bible says he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. Now the NIV there says, at his feet. Jesus cast the demons out of the man into a herd of pigs and they run down a hill into the water and they're drowned 
And then the people come out. And they saw what had happened. They come out. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. I just want you to know that at the feet of Jesus, there's freedom. At the feet of Jesus, there's restoration. Here's this man tormented by demons. He didn't even wear clothes. But he's sitting at the feet of Jesus now, clothed in his right mind. John, the beloved disciple, at least that's what he calls himself, like Jesus loved me more than all y'all, you know. But he calls himself the beloved disciple. He's the disciple at the Last Supper that rested his head on Jesus' shoulder. He was close to Jesus. I want to read to you what he says in Revelation 1.17. He says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. You see, when John saw Jesus in Revelation, he fell at his feet in reverence, in worship, in awe, and in fear of him. We need that kind of fear of the Lord in the church and also in our personal lives that, that we would truly have an awe and reverence of Him. We humble ourselves and acknowledge who He is as the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth, the beginning and the end, the eternal one. That We really understand who this is that we worship. Too much of this my buddy Jesus attitude Someday we're going to see what John saw. Revelation 1.12 I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands was one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. I think when we see him. We'll fall at his feet in worship. I don't know. I don't know if if he would literally say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. What I do know is that I will fall at his feet. In worship. It's not by accident that all of these passages of Scripture and many others speak of His feet. It symbolizes our humility, it symbolizes our desperation, our need for His help, it symbolizes our surrender to Him. And it symbolizes our love and our worship to Him that we come 
to his feet. It's where we humble ourselves and we receive pardon and power, healing and deliverance. And we express to him that thanksgiving and worship and reverence. And we pray and seek his face. I know this was short tonight. I know it was different. But I just want to encourage you tonight. However, whatever physical posture of prayer you might take, that you put yourself at his feet. Tonight we're going to close the service differently. I'm going to officially dismiss you with prayer like we normally do.